welcome to the Unapologetic Connections podcast. We are spicing things up, having no podcast hosts, no scripts, and bearing it all completely unedited. We are a group of entrepreneurial women who believe in true, deep, unapologetic stories. Because life isn't always Instagram worthy. Life is messy, unpredictable, and can rock you to the core. It's time to unmask and show all aspects of ourselves unapologetically. Let's come together, rock this thing called life, and support the heck out of each other. Because ain't nobody got time for the mask of judgment. Get ready to connect, share, and feel the unedited love of unapologetic connections. Welcome back, Connections. It's Anna Mullins here, and I am so excited to be bringing a topic to the table this week. Uh, Brought to you again by Mood Beverages, our proud sponsor. I want to talk about what it means to really speak up when it's meaningful or necessary or when there's something on your heart or on your mind that needs to be said, but you just maybe don't feel safe talking about it. That's the topic we want to talk about today. So how to speak up when it matters is our topic. And with me is Melanie Dawn from Bliss Coaching, Jessica Houston from Glitter and Grace, Ashley McIver, health coach, and Catherine Buchanan from Balancing Energy. Ladies, talk to me, literally, about what really matters. How hard is it to really speak our minds as either women or coaches? What does that mean to you? Mel. Look at me. Don't give it to me, Mel. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Speak up, Mel. Yeah. (laughs) Brutal. I I'm getting better. It's hard. It's hard. So what's hard specifically? Like, let's get real clear and specific here. What is hard to talk about? Is it when you're um, feeling upset? Is it when you're feeling angry and you're talking yes, to a yes. friend? Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. All of the above. All of the above. All the above. Um, yeah, that checked. too. <laughs> okay. So it's when you matter. It seems hard. Yeah, I guess so. Well, no, because I also don't like hurting people's feelings. I, I'll just sweep it under the rug no matter what the cost. Can you give me an example? Many. She's like, there's something I need to talk to you yeah. about. Anna. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sit down, Anna. Now we need to yeah. at me the table. Yeah. It has become hard. No, it's with family. It's with friends. Mm-hmm. It's with um, employers. It's with my husband. It's with my boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really hard for you. Oh, awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the fear? I hate confrontation. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ashley, you are like nodding. <laughs> yeah, like your head's gonna fall off. Well, because I'm like morphing with yeah. you yeah. right now. I am so you. I like am ready to crawl under the table here. <laughs> Can you speak about speaking up? Yeah, Ashley, tell me what's coming up for you. Why is this hard? I just completely can relate <laughs> to you. Like, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. <laughs> Maybe it's funny. I I'm so uh, like that. I don't. I hate confrontation. It's more so with friends. I. It's easier for me to rip my husband a new one <laughs> than it is for me to say if we had an issue with each other, I would just, I would lose sleep. I would not want to go there. I would fear that 
the friendship would end. I would fear that mm. you would be mad at me. I just, I'm like that. I don't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. So I have had a bad habit of if I feel boundaries are crossed or wrong is to me, if you're doing wrong to me, then I just sort of sweep it under the rug and don't say anything, which does me no good. <laughs> oh, interesting. She's actually so. looking at me now. Like I'm concerned she has something to say. No, I'm just yeah. No, but mm-hmm. Yeah, but I am getting better, but it's still, it's still difficult. It's Baby hard steps, for me. Though, man. So oh. what if you did? Like, let's just go. I always say, if you're going to worry, yeah. worry well, right? Yeah. Worry let's big. worry well. Worry big. You are speaking up, presumably, to a friend who has wronged you. At least your perception is that they've wronged you. Mm-hmm. If we talk to your fear right now, your fear is trying to say, if I stand up for myself, Mm-hmm. then the other person will what? Fill in the blank. What does your fear tell you is going to happen? Well, I don't know. I just don't like confrontation. I try to avoid it as much as I can. But what I, What don't we like? Like, I'm trying to... I, mean, I don't like the feeling that it gives me. I get anxiety when there's mm. confrontation. What's the worst that would happen, though, if you did speak up? Well, I'm asking her, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing, really. Right. I guess I would get my point across, and I would voice my concern, and if you didn't like it, that would be fine. And Is the anxiety of not speaking up worse than the anxiety of speaking up? Because you're making a choice here around which fear is worse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, why are you all staring at me? <laughs> I'm waiting for your answer. Like, we are No, if it was something not too serious, like it sort of pissed me off when you said this or the way that you said it, that would be one thing. But if it was a big thing, I just, I'm not good like that. I don't handle those situations very well. We're going to be friends forever. (laughs) I know. I know. We're never going to have another conversation. We're going to talk to each other. Maybe that's why we're all so close. (laughs) We just don't talk about it. Okay, so actually, if I've ever voiced something to, let's say, family for a sec, and okay. I said, well, this made me feel that way, mm-hmm. then often what the response might be, well, you're taking that too personally. What's the matter? Like, relax. Relax. Mm-hmm. That's what. Mm-hmm. This so I'm like, so it's huge. easier to just not even go there. So you're basically saying something, there's a problem with you. I, they're kind of what they're saying. Right, and I think my it. feelings are sort of... Um, Fluffed off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think... Like what I kind of am understanding about this is that, and and I actually am with you on this. I am absolutely anti-confrontation. So I'm only kind of like, I'm digging deep here because Mm -hmm. I want to understand it for myself as well. The understanding that we have, I suppose, is that in the past, there has been a pattern of our feelings not being validated Mm. when we speak up. Does that sound, seem true? Mm -hmm. So there's a pattern. So you're almost anticipating the thing that has happened before, which is that your, at least your perception of the situation has not been validated for you from a compassionate place. Kathy, can you kind of talk me through this a little bit? Like, well, for me, I'm just thinking about, um, echoing what you just said there, really, uh, bringing things up and having people say like, you're too sensitive. You're that's ridiculous. Why do you feel that way? And it makes me feel probably more angry, but Mm. also, um, maybe less than, well, why am I so weak then? Why do I take it too sensitive? So I'll start analyzing myself, thinking, well, then what's wrong with me? And also just thinking also about speaking up and losing a friendship. Like I Mm. oftentimes think to myself, is this Mm -hmm. worth saying this to someone? If I say this, what is the outcome that I want? Is what can they, if I speak to it, what is going to change in the future? Like, is it something that I can see could be a big change and I would, I would get something from it or they would too. 
and see if it's worthwhile, sort of weighing out the pros and cons. Because oftentimes mm-hmm. you say something, it ruffles feathers, but then nothing ever changes. And so then I don't know, is that because maybe I need to really like drill my point home or they're just who they are. Nothing's actually going to change anyway. So it's just sort of figuring that out. It's just so interesting. I, I'm like just having so many thoughts around this right now. One of which is, cause I agree again, like I really just want to validate for you that I I'm right there with you. I don't love confrontation. I don't love bringing it up for, and probably for this reason, Kathy, which is that I wonder if when you instigate that conversation and that conversation comes up, is there a large percentage of people, at least in your own dealings, that maybe are resilient enough to really come back from that or are secure enough in either who they are or what their behavior was in order to properly or compassionately articulate themselves? Like how often are we having disagreements in friendships, and I, I'm just going to, I guess, delineate between, like, say, a marriage or something else where you're you're almost like, okay, we got to work through this, right? Like, as you said, I can rip my husband a new one, but he's kind of still going to be there because ring on finger. Whereas something like friends, right? Friends yeah. can walk away, and that's the difference. Yeah. There's a difference there. Jessica, please help me out here because I feel like I'm struggling to articulate what I want to say, but that I, I'm wondering if there's a really great example of a friendship where people did have the option to walk away after a big blowout and were able to be resilient enough and have that kind of growth mentality where you can come back and really respect from a compassionate place what the other person was feeling. Maybe we just haven't experienced that enough Mm -hmm. in our potentially female friendships that we can trust that that person isn't going to leave us or walk away. I don't know. Or that we can be okay if they do. If they do walk away. See, this is why we bring Jessica into these conversations. Thank you. I think having the conversation, it really depends on how you start the conversation out and the tone that you bring to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you're bringing the conversation forward in an argumentative way or in a defensive way, then it's going to have a different outcome. Where if you bring it forward in, you know, these are my feelings, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm experiencing, and then sharing with them um, their action or their behavior, it, it presents a different outcome. So that's something that I've had to learn over the years because I used to come at a very attacking way, you know, (laughs) I don't like that you did this, you know, or you doing this and it impacts me this way and being very aggressive about it. And, um, I didn't always get the best results with that. (laughs) So it took me a little while to learn that, you know, I really need to think about how I say it and where I say it and when you say it. Right. Um, just recently had an example with my son um, where I could feel his energy had changed towards me and I knew that we needed to have a difficult conversation, but I was quite nervous to bring the conversation forward and I knew that it needed to be done in a time that he had time to process. And if I just threw it at him in the middle of a quick phone call or something, it wouldn't have gone well. So very strategically, you know, okay, we're going to go for dinner. And then I didn't even bring it up during dinner. It was on the way home because I knew that way, um, he needs time to process after a big conversation. So I could, plant the seed, have the conversation, he could go home, he could process, and then we could revisit it after he had processed. Um, So it's kind of learning your audience and figuring Mm -hmm. out the best way that they can receive the information. Um, That's what I found has been really helpful for me. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Can I add something in there? Yes. I was thinking also in terms of like an accusation or sort of an investigation. Mm-hmm. So instead of maybe going to someone and accusing them of this is the, or letting them know this is the way you made me feel, blah, 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 
maybe saying to them, the last time you said X, Y, and Z, I felt this way. What did you mean by that? Maybe I'm misunderstanding mm. it. So we can maybe, it's a sort of, oh, interesting. Open up the conversation. Yeah, because yeah. maybe, maybe your interpretation of what's happened is not at all what was supposed to be delivered. Right. And so it just might be more inquisitive as opposed to accusatory. Is that a word? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, and I think it's important to be stronger. Like, for me, if I had an altercation with St. Mal, I would come across it like a great example. Oh, well, now I kind of felt this way, but you probably didn't mean it. Yeah, it's right in my head. Oh, never mind. Okay, so now that would be how I would go about it, which is like. Completely well, you totally discredit all of your feelings, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Where I need to be stronger with my boundaries, or with my boundaries, and say, "Mel, this is how I felt." Explain. Yeah. And I think. What did you mean by that? What, what did you mean? But I think the key word here is this: is feel. Yeah. This, right. this is how I felt because yes. I do think, and Jessica, I'm so grateful that you brought this up. We do often, like we, when we go through a situation where we feel harmed or hurt in some way, we can often lash out from like just that behavioral fight or flight place, mm-hmm. that ego response where we really start to think about me, myself and I, and we forget the compassionate point of view mm-hmm. that potentially that person didn't have the intent. And while I mm. often say, um, it's not necessarily what the intent was, it is what the meaning ended up being. I think mm-hmm. it's more important to also validate that. I think that if we can stick with what we feel first, and this is laws of conscious communication, but talk about what we feel. I felt like this versus you hurt me. Mm-hmm. So even just the sentence alone, you can see how that's structured. Mm-hmm. I felt sad versus you hurt me. It really takes away your power. It positions you in, as much as I hate this word, I'm gonna say it just so that we can see the visual, positions you more as the victim of a circumstance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You hurt me, you misled me, you manipulated me, he did this to me. It feels like an attack. You, You actually start to absorb it that way and you start to feel it that way in your body as as if you were the victim of something Mm -hmm. versus these are the facts this is what happened just observationally this is what happened and I felt sad Mm. or Mm. I felt angry I felt scared as a result and then we talk to instead of being in the position I think as you said Jessica being defensive and really um ending up in a not so great situation Mm -hmm. where people ran for the hills they didn't really want to be Uh, talk to as if they were a bully maybe that wasn't their intention well and then you have the opportunity after you've shared what you feel to communicate what you need right perfect so I feel sad and what I need moving forward is Mm. for us to communicate this way instead Mm -hmm. or what I need moving forward is for you to bring those concerns to me directly instead of sharing them with the world or Mm -hmm. whatever your need is right um you're communicating that which then hopefully leads to a changed behavior, which is the end outcome that we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. And if there isn't a changed behavior, which is the fear, then you have decisions to make. Mm-hmm. But right? then at least you've said it. So you've right. given them the chance to That's change. Right. Whereas before you didn't, then you can't really sort of take off. Yeah. And you've, you've done it very clearly and mm-hmm. set, set the boundaries really clearly. Mm-hmm. And what about even in communication? Sometimes even this might sound a little cheesy, but even like keep, Writing some notes for yourself when you have that conversation. Because I know I tend to get flustered in conversations yes. and emotions take over. Yes. And then I don't end up saying what I mean. And then I hang up the <laughs> phone or leave the conversation saying, well, actually, I didn't even say my main point. And it was a really <laughs> good one. Right? Yeah. 
and you leave going, doubt I actually didn't deliver my message. They don't actually know how I feel. I didn't, you know, whatever. So I think sometimes that can be useful. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're using it uh, on a phone call. Yes. I, I always do that when it's a phone call because yeah. yeah, you get twisted around and you forget the actual point mm-hmm. of what you're trying to say. Yeah. It's a stressful conversation. This is like the Anna and Mono. I always have you ever had that like where you have an interaction or a confrontation or something happens and you never say the things that are on your mind and then later you're in the shower and you're like, Oh, I know oh, what I would yeah. say. <laughs> like I should have and would have said it like this mm-hmm. had I not been surprised <laughs> or not felt like I, I was on the spot and I got all flustered. <laughs> And then you start to imagine that you're like the hero of the situation, right? <laughs> they like fantasize about the like most beautiful way totally. that this could have been presented. And then you kind of somehow forget that that didn't actually take place and you still have some work to do until you correct the situation. That, that's, that's how I work. You don't do that. I do that all the time. I spend my life, well, I'm a speaker, right? So I spend my life like crafting talks in the shower. Yes. I just talk to the wall to and the whiteboard like, see, does that feel right? Is there a flow? <laughs> Yeah, and conversations, human conversations. What would I have said? Mm-hmm. What should I have said? I think it depends on our personalities too, right? Like um, for myself, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty advocate of. Uh, uh, how do you say that word? Like you'll advocate for yourself strongly. Thank you. I'll yeah. advocate for myself, but I'll advocate for others more. Mm-hmm. So yes. if something's wrong, I'm the first one to jump on it and say this is wrong. It's not okay. Um, I'm not afraid to do that. Whether it's taking on. Which I did two years ago and right. ended up, you know, having a, a viral post go crazy with like a million <laughs> views on it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What did you learn that story? story? Yeah. yeah. About our fridge. Oh. Yeah, true story. Or um, taking on, for example, or whatever it is. Like if things oh. if things are wrong, they need to be right. This that I don't know about you. I am very <laughs> compassionate about that. Yeah. And my personality style is campaigner. So it makes sense, right? I will oh, campaign against For things cause. that are wrong. Yes. But you, so just so I'm clear, you don't consider, like you won't campaign for yourself as yeah. strongly or you will? I will campaign for myself as well now, okay. for sure. Yeah. Um, much more now that I'm more confident and older and have gone yeah. through healing and all the other pieces. But um, I'll campaign for other people just as much. The underdog yeah. especially, right? I campaign for other people mm-hmm. a million times more than myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's my children or my family or my husband or my speakers or anybody who's part of the unapologetically her event, I I will campaign for them. I think Kathy's like, yeah, probably. (laughs) She's nodding over there. Yeah, I've been trying to coach you out of this, Anna, for um, way more than I'll campaign for myself. Why do you think that is? Gonna be my question. Yeah, like I mean, obviously the it's intellectual easier. coach in me knows what the answer is, yeah. but I'm trying to be really honest right now. What will come up for me is that I'm just I, I can I can survive. I'm always like that. I can survive. I can survive mm. without the campaign. I can make it, but maybe I don't know that they can potentially mm. without my support or help. Um, or. I mean, the intellect says it's clearly a worthiness thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. I was going to say ego for sure. Always, yeah. Because yeah. I can tell any of my friends easily about any one of your businesses and say, yes, you should go see them. And I can tell all the wonderful ways. And that's so much more difficult to do with sharing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it feels so um, self-centered and so mm-hmm. egotistical for me to share my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't feel that way at all, sharing someone else's stuff. Is this a feminist issue? I just have to, I mean, as I the know, owner of a feminist event, I feel like I need to throw this out there. Is this, do, uh, I, I'm just going to 
throw it to the universe. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. But do women have a harder time speaking up for themselves mm-hmm. than oh, men do? So. Yeah. In the business, mm-hmm. and I'm talking mm-hmm. specifically to the business thing because I feel the same, Kathy. I feel like um, Haley and I were driving around today doing event stuff, and I was saying to her, "I never, you can't see me. I mean, you will not see me doing a story on my Instagram feed. Like you can't see my face talking about anything ever." But so much because I just won't speak up for my own business. Right. I won't speak up for my own event. But I will speak up for the show because it is a separate entity outside of me. Mm, it has its own life force. And there are at least, uh, uh, I don't, can't even think, probably f- at least 50 people mm-hmm. that, or more, goodness, I, I'm maybe well, I'm really underestimating others too. It's in service to others, but it's so in service to the performers because of this mission to pay female performers mm-hmm. so much that it comes out of my pocket and I don't profit as a result of it. So that's maybe, I mean, this is a worthy this thing in and of itself. Okay, <laughs> switch the podcast topic to and I mean support. Uh, but truly, I can speak for the show and I can speak for those performers and I can rally around them. But you think I could like show up for five seconds on my own feed when I know from a marketing perspective, business logistics and all of that. And in yeah. saying that, you're the first to support us with our businesses. Mm-hmm. If we have events happening or if we have... You're the first to support that and well, like share it and... to me as well. But why can't we stand up for ourselves, ladies? Speak up. Seriously. I feel you like know, I was blessed it. by my mom, actually, because she was a very strong advocate as well. And so I think I took that on from her. So I think it really depends on what we grow up with and who our female um, role, role models, models are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm forever uh, teaching my daughter to stand up for herself and be a voice and be the voice to others. But... I need to take my own advice. Yeah. Yes. And I'm way more comfortable posting something about my friends mm-hmm. business or than I am, you know, promoting my fitness and all that kind of stuff. I hit it and then I'm like dying inside. Cause it feels um, self-centered to it me. Does. And I, I don't love that. I judge myself for that, but I don't, I really like, and I cringe even when we have a podcast and I'm leading it. And so my picture's out there and it's like, okay, Anna's bio's up there again. And I'm like, oh my God, is this a 27 million <laughs> bio that you've read about Anna? And I'm trying to like change it so that it doesn't like, so people aren't sick of me and, you know, cause I, I do have a lot of iterations with the show and with my coaching and then with the speaker training and the podcast and everything else. I really like, I cringe. I have to be mm. honest with you. It every really, time you cringe. Every time that I'm kind of like quote yeah. hosting the show or hosting this event, hosting the event, hosting the podcast, I'm sorry. And it goes up and it's like, here's Anna talking to you again. I'm like, oh my God, it feels so self-centered because it's not about me. It really is about like opening up conversations for women. Which and... is exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Listen, just... keep coaching me, please. It's yeah. <laughs> I think that's just us overthinking. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, we're just in our head about it. It's not comfortable for us to do that sort of thing. It's not comfortable for me to promote my hard work or my fitness right. it's really honestly not and yet I but love my husband seeing will say this is what you need to be doing yeah. because people want to know how yes. did you get to here mm-hmm. what was your journey like yeah, freaking post yeah. that like shit. we're not idiots like, like we understand marketing and branding <laughs> but it's just like we just can't get it yeah. it's front and center right but it's yeah. hard I feel very uncomfortable when I when I do that, but mm. I know I need to do that. Well, and how many times after every single podcast recording are we like, fuck, I can't believe I said that. I wonder if she can cut that out. Like all the time. <laughs> and then so, 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 so
all the time. Even when we're <laughs> doing it, as we're time. doing it now, yeah. I go back and I my head and go, that didn't come off how I wanted it to. <laughs> Did I qualify that statement? Did I miss verbal puke? What am I yeah. doing? Yeah, so I going to get a bad review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, Listen, we actually sound like a bunch of hot messes. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to put a big glass of wine in the middle and get five straws around it. So, you know what? At the end of the day, we're just everybody else that's listening. That's right. Well, and that's the thing. And we open up that conversation to people being able to speak up about not being able to speak up. Yes. And if there's one person listening or however many people that are listening and they're saying, oh, I think that way too. Well, that's, that's us. Mm-hmm. You know. This conversation makes me think of my 21-year-old daughter because she has spoken up since oh, yeah. literally the day she walked in the room. <laughs> She's such a good example. And <laughs> it's interesting being her mom and her personality traits are so different than mine in so many ways. And when she speaks up, a lot of the times it has made me cringe. And yet I'm so, I wish that that, that was me. Like I wish I could do that or have that confidence. And so I think to myself, well, why am I cringing? She hasn't said anything wrong or that's bad or it's hurt anyone. She's just standing up for herself. So I'm thinking it's got to be that just societal conditioning that makes us just yes. feel not worthy to say it, not worthy to be heard. And who cares if we're saying things that we believe in and we trust in someone who does judge us, we actually shouldn't care. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. absolutely not easy to do. It's mm-hmm. a real big mm-hmm. challenge for us to keep working on. And totally. Hard. Yeah. Work in progress. Yeah, I think, too, true. like, I mean, while we're talking about speaking up for things that really matter, I, I'm i just going to, like, shift it a little bit because I think maybe we'll just do a quick round around the table here. Is it easy when we're, as Jessica would say, campaigning for a cause, not people necessarily, but if I have to speak up for seeing online bullying or if I see mm-hmm. transphobia or if I see something that feels really harmful to somebody else outside of myself... Is it easy to speak up for a campaign or for a cause for somebody who's not you or for somebody whose experience you haven't ever stepped into? I'm sorry I'm not articulating this properly, but for example, if you saw homophobia or if you saw sexism or racism or something, would it be easy to speak up for that? And if not, why not? And if so, why? Why is it different? I would say it's easier for sure. It's easier. Absolutely. Because I feel like you're not, and I guess you are to a degree, uh, pardon me, uh, risking criticism, but not so much. Because it's, because you're doing it on someone else's behalf. Yeah, you're not, you're not taking it as personally. You're just feeling like it's just easier. It falls off you. Again, the ego, I don't think is as involved as it might otherwise be. I don't know. Or the Mm -hmm. worthiness piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it's not personal, it's easier. Yeah. When it doesn't have to do with you. Or maybe it even sounds a little cheesy, but maybe speaking up for someone else also makes you feel like, um, I don't know what it makes me feel like, but anyways, <laughs> makes you feel like it sort of actually makes your ego bigger. Like if someone else is, if you're standing up for someone else, that maybe you feel proud that you're standing up for mm-hmm. someone else. Does like that the hero? Sense? Yeah, that's that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of that. You yeah, sort of feel comfortable yeah. and confortable sharing it. Like, look what I did. Look what I'm a part of. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Ego, ego, ego. Uh, for me, I actually find that it's equally as easy or as challenging, um, whether I'm speaking it for myself or for a cause. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I think, again, coming back to my mom, like she, it's usually stemmed by something that has personally impacted us, but also impacts other people. Mm-hmm. That's what I find I stand up the most. Um, and yeah, kind of comes back to her. Like she, my mom took on 
she uh, she went on maternity leave. Yeah, she went on maternity leave, and um, she had to go a little bit early because she was having twins, and she was working there at the time. And um, they decided that they didn't like the doctor's note that she had given in, so they actually took the money out of her bank account for what they had paid her, and. Obviously, that's not allowed. So not only did it impact her, but when she started putting it out in the public, she was realizing that it was actually impacting other people. They had been wow. doing this to other people. So it ended up being a big court case. This is like 20, no, 30 mm-hmm. something years ago. Um, ended up being a big court case. She was on the front of the province with wow. the twins. and It was a big deal, but it impacted her first and then other people, right? So... I find that's like very brave of her though, because absolutely. there's not a lot of people that would would go into the public eye, and especially now. I mean, 20 years ago, maybe that looked a little different, that landscape. But now, mm. I think you put yourself up, and even when you fight for a cause or speak up for a cause, there nine times out of ten, there's an arrow coming your way. Hundred percent. Yes, like, I know. It's, it's almost so more easy. brave to be. Uh, maybe maybe my stats are off there, but like, go ahead, challenge me on that because I'm really interested in this conversation. Um, well, I'm just going back to the issue. I was not expecting it to go like that at all. I just wanted to bring light to the fact that of the situation and the, that I wasn't the only person that was being impacted. Essentially, they were selling fridges that they knew had an issue mm-hmm. and they weren't cover, covering them in warranty. Um, but they knew it was an issue and they're still actually to this day still selling those fridges. So people are buying them having no idea that it's going to be an issue in one year. Um, and when I started doing some research online and saw how many people were impacted, that's when I thought, okay, well, I'll just throw it up online and see if they bite, if they do anything because it's being uh, Mm -hmm. promoted online. Mm -hmm. And the reason it went to a million views is because that many more people were also experiencing the same issue. They hadn't gotten anywhere with so they were interested in the story because it impacted them. Now, this might not be a great example for this question, but... If there were another example of that where maybe it was more societally, there was mm-hmm. pressure in society or politics or some, a, a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. If there were any pushback, if had you had anybody say, you know, this company is amazing. What are you talking about? You're the crazy one. Did you have that? I got that. Yeah, I got yeah. that for sure. I got a lot of people that said, you know, quit your bitching. Um, it's just a fridge. Move on. Why are you wasting your time? Okay. I'm um, interested in this because this is the fear that we, I mean, I'm trying to circle back to like mm-hmm. where we were at the beginning here, which is that mm-hmm. you stand up or speak up for yourself, mm-hmm. whether it's to like a general public or like online nation mm-hmm. or it's to a big corporation or whatever that looks like. Or it's to a human being who is your neighbor or your friend or your sister. And the fear is that you will be met with invalidation mm-hmm. that tells you you are crazy, yep. that you should just get mm-hmm. over it, that you have overthought it, that you are just must be just too anxious or crazy or whatever. Yep. I'm just so interested in this from you, Jessica, because I feel like you, you of this group of five, you're the one who, who I feel I'm getting this sense of like really confident energy around this from that just says, and... That's kind of it. I think yeah. before I used to, I would have cried. I would have ter- internalized okay. it. I would have thought, oh my gosh, these people are judging me. I would have, I would have actually been really, really hurt. Right. Um, and now I kind of look at it and I, <laughs> I look at Mel because this saying is just like ingrained in my head now. And anytime things like this happen, I just kind of look at them and say, eat a dick. Like really, <laughs> quite honestly, fuck off. If you're not on my side of the table, then go away. What changed for you in that? I think this is really key because I think you're, you could, you're a really good example of like resilience here and whether, whatever you choose as your like motto, right? Whether 
get away from me, whatever, eat of this, whatever. <laughs> the, 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 the truth is that what you're saying is whatever your response is, is I'm not going to allow that to impact the way I live my life or who I believe I am. So where is that shift for, uh, as far as a teaching for our listeners here, and clearly the other four people at the table who are not other, where do we get away from noticing the judgment because it might come up or noticing that somebody might reject you or noticing that somebody might invalidate your feelings and being okay with that? That's such a good question. And I don't honestly know the answer. I, all I can say is that I think for myself, it's been, it's been a, a process. It's not something that you can just do overnight or feel differently overnight. I think it comes with confidence. It comes with healing. It comes Mm -hmm. with those, those judgments of myself that I would have placed on myself before. They're not there anymore. So I don't need to place them there anymore. Can I offer this too? Oh, yeah. no, Ash, I want you to jump in. Go I ahead. have a question yeah. though. I have a, I was just thinking this as you were talking, but what if we're just not genuinely like that? What if we're just not oh. that personality yeah. type? Which is a lot of people. I, I, I am not that personality type. I, not because I'm not comfortable doing it, just because I'm just, my brain isn't wired that way. I can't take on yeah. <laughs> just I know that sounds in French. It's okay, Sam. I'm sorry. I but listen, I am the woman. I am the woman honestly for the first time today who walked a article of clothing, I am not kidding you right now, into UPS and returned it. I don't think I've ever returned anything my whole life. Wow. I can't even I can't even remember the last the only reason I did was because I'm currently buying wardrobe for the unapologetically her show it tends to be more expensive just depending on what the what it, what I'm gonna wear and what version of myself on that day and what presentation this was a more expensive piece of clothing and so I, it, it's been sitting there the like way bill that I have to like print out four times times three put it in back in the box send it to the thing take it to UPS da 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 and in my mind, I'm like, I feel like I'm hurting the designer's feelings <laughs> because this dress doesn't, it just doesn't look good on me. Like it just wasn't what I was hoping. The color was off. I, I'm on a tangent here. My like, God, why do I always do this? But this is the thing. I'm not wired that way either, Ash. So I get this. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not even that I'm really that concerned about the designer, although I'm obsessed with House of Harlow. So I'm just going to throw it out there. It just there might right not here. be our personality. I, it's not. So I don't necessarily think that I have to get to a place of growth that way. I, I just think I'm okay with the fact that I'm never going to be that way. Okay. I just am like that. I and that's just part of my too. personality. Does that come at a cost though or no? No, not that sort of thing. Maybe it would, maybe I need to, well, no, I do need to work on more about speaking my mind when it comes to how I feel. Mm -hmm. That is just something I need to work on, but I don't need to be any different really than who I am. I just need to change a few things here and there, but I don't feel like I need to be, it's just not the way that I am. And and I think Jessica did say, and I think this is a really good point, that your personality is a campaigner. Mm -hmm. So it is actually a personality trait it is is something that is ingrained and whether that is nature or nurture I mean we don't know entirely combination of both both, Mm -hmm. some lessons from your mom perhaps and I do think that it might be important to say that particularly in your situation with this with the fridge issue that what you learned after all of that with the people that said get over it and called you down and all that at the end of the day like you're still here you survived 
the fridge ordeal. Yeah. So I think there's a learning <laughs> in that as well. Like I'm being funny, but there's a learning because there's a teaching here of resiliency, which it, this is this is the teaching of resiliency, which is you look back and you say, but did it end? Like, is it fine? Are you okay? Did you mm-hmm. make it through? Did anything mm-hmm. like, you know? And that might not be. And the best example. And those comments that came in, they did make me think. They did stop me and make me think, am I being ridiculous here? Like, it did make me think. It didn't make, I didn't fluff it right off. I might want to be more like Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Because I admire that. Me too. And I always find it intriguing to, as much as I connect with people that are like myself in certain ways, I also find it really admirable. Me too. And I'm intrigued by... By knowing somebody like you that is like that. To me, that's a strength. Hugely. It is a strength now, but when I was younger, I came, I took the aggression portion of it, but didn't have the softness, right? right? So I would approach things with a very campaigner (laughs) fist when it could have really been handled with a, I'm feeling this way conversation. So I've had to soften my blow. You just went in with the hammer. I used to, yeah, with everything because that's how I thought you would get things done. Mm -hmm. Where now, especially, you know, with interactions with people that I care about, I really have to soften that and have had to stop myself and think to myself, okay, how can I approach this in a way about my feelings and not about what they did or, you know. um, And that's really what Asha might be even talking to. to The the opposite. A blend here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I and need more of you me. and you need more of me. <laughs> yeah. It helps me take away little pieces from everybody that I meet that are different than me. Totally. Or I can say, oh, I need to work on that part. I need to be a little bit more like that. Maybe she can help teach me a little mm-hmm. bit more about that. So. And just as much as I've learned from all of you guys, the compassion piece. And Anna and I had this conversation a while back about a, a situation. And I remember you mm-hmm. saying, like, look at it from a piece, a place of compassion instead of a place of anger. And it really made me think mm-hmm. and think, okay, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's approach this with compassion instead of coming down with the fist. And, mm-hmm. and what a beautiful lesson to learn, though, right? Because yeah, that can be used in so many different aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about the ego response earlier, but there are other responses as well. I mean, this is something I coach to a lot, but we do fight or flight. We live in fight or flight a lot. Mm-hmm. And our ego response is just the behavioral version of fight or flight, which we live in the other part of the time. Mm-hmm. But there are higher level responses that we can reach. And some of them require a little bit more introspection and um, meditative space and really reflecting on who we are and what we want in life. And there's a lot of work that happens there. But there is a higher space that we can get to, which is more compassionate Mm -hmm. and is that unity consciousness space that allows us to really step into the shoes of other people Mm -hmm. to see whether or not the maybe there was an impact, but what was the intent? Perhaps they're coming from another place. Perhaps they have a story they're carrying around. Perhaps they're hurt, you know, hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. as we always say. Mm-hmm. So there is, I think, an aspect of compassion that I think is always, always has to be at play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Justin. I do have a question, though. So mm-hmm. if you're having a conversation with somebody and you are met with that aggression, how do you address that? So I'm having, say I'm having a conversation with you and you're super aggressive. What would you say to me on how to deal with that? Like I've had many conversations in my life where I am, I don't want to say bullied, but I'm going to say bullied. Um, Where you bring something forward and the person is aggressive back to you? like freaking lash out and... And Can you give me an example of like what the, resp- just even a sentence, not the actual example or the actual person, because I don't think that's helpful, but even just like a sentence 
that they have responded with that made you... Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, got it. Yeah. Like, just this, like, mm-hmm. aggressive lash-out attack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what, actually, it's okay, don't, like, it's mm-hmm. just me. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you address situations like that? Mm-hmm. That's tough. Um, but I think it comes back to, again, how you're feeling about what they've said to you, right? It's not actually the words that they said, it's how it's made you feel. So for sure. Yeah, that's true. You couldn't, you can always spin it back and say, the way you're speaking to me right now is really making me feel this way, or I'm feeling really threatened by the way you're talking to me. Is it you're okay? You're so we... sensitive. Yeah. You're so sensitive. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I am. And I honor that. Right. Own it. But I think it's, it's come, you come back to them with a different tone and again with your feelings and let them know how their response is making you feel. Mm-hmm. And when you approach it with a, a compassionate, loving, kind tone, they'll usually bring, they'll usually match that. Yeah. And the other work is in, I think for myself as well, I'm sharing advice between my heart to yours is being okay with sensitive. That mm-hmm. sensitive is not something we should be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not that having a feeling, being empathetic, having an, a, I don't even want to call it overreaction, but having an emotional reaction to something feeling a certain way is actually okay. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to feel what you right. feel. Right. You are also responsible for your reactions and you are also responsible for what you allow uh, yourself to say in a situation, but your feelings are your feelings. Mm-hmm. And also understand that that person is guaranteed walking away from that conversation feeling okay. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe okay. they're not. Or potentially not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, well, the one I'm talking about. <laughs> not the one. Not the, the few. One. The few. <laughs> yeah. And it, it could be true that they feel that they're in a power position mm-hmm. and that they've left the situation getting what they needed, which was for you to succumb. Yeah. And to that's back what down I do. from your position. Right. And then they feel like, well, I guess I must have been right then because she has validated mm-hmm. and agreed with me. And therefore, if they are walking away, they're probably walking away because they have understood that you have okayed it, mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. given the green check mark and the mm-hmm. green light to their behavior and how they've spoken to you. And so why wouldn't they walk away feeling mm-hmm. good? I mean, I've been in that situation. I think we've all been in a situation mm, where sure. we're on the side of the argument that is right. Mm-hmm. Or at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? I feel like I made my point. Yeah. Like debate team win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like we won today and that made sense to everybody and I explained myself well and, and I guess she it. agreed or he agreed. And you do feel slightly better about that mm-hmm. if you're not challenged, right? So mm-hmm. maybe there is that blind awareness, blind unawareness, mm-hmm. blind mm-hmm. non-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Right? That maybe just the ignorance is bliss in that sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if it becomes where you do stand up for yourself and you say, at the end of the day, guys, listen, I'm not going to let you just walk away and be okay with this. I need, if you're going to walk away, I need you to know that you are walking away from somebody who is still feeling hurt. Right. And that the problem feels unresolved. Right. And I'll offer this as well. I want to jump to Kathy as well, because I know you have some, I can see you kind of chopping yeah. at the bit here. <laughs> You've got wisdom on this. Um, but something that I learned from a psychologist many, many years ago, and I always advocate for, I think I've said this on the podcast before, I have counselors, I have psychiatrists, I have psychologists, we've got marriage counselors, my kids have counselors. Like, I love being able to have people to talk to. This yeah. is something I strongly advocate for. Um, if it is something that works with your family and with your budget and you find somebody that is in alignment with you, please, please find professional help Mm -hmm. in your life for all of these conversations. Mm -hmm. Always. 
I had a psychologist tell me years ago, um, he said, try the 5-5-10-10. And I'm like, at this point in my life, I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean 5-5-10-10? said, each of you have five minutes to talk. And while you're talking in that five minutes, the other person is not allowed to, to speak at all. Not have a reaction, not make a weird facial expression, just listen. And this is a listening practice as well as a, as a speaking your mind practice. And when that alarm goes off at five minutes, we switch. And then the other person gets to speak for five minutes. And if communication is hard, silence is okay. If communication is difficult, silence is also okay for those five minutes. And then we work up and then it's six and six. Then it's seven and seven. And then we go to 10 and 10 where you have a really long time to actually speak your mind before the other person gets to butt in. Because a lot of times these conversations right. become difficult because we get defensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We say, I feel this way. What do you mean you feel that way? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, Haley's looking at me like that. So big, loud editing moment there. <laughs> I'll scream into the microphone. But we get defensive in the moment. We start to yeah. feel that we're under attack when somebody expresses that you've hurt them or that right. you've, they've mm -hmm. felt a certain way. And having that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth can feel like you're going in circles a lot of times. So just really allowing somebody the space, if they're open to it, and they might not be, yeah. but open to just say, can I just have five minutes sure. to speak my mind? Yeah. And then I promise you, I will listen intently and fully and allow you the same five minutes right. without interruption. And maybe creating that space, depending on who you're dealing with, um, is a worthwhile at least offer. Kathy, I just want to add something to that five, five, ten, ten. Um, years ago, I took some mediation courses, and something that's really great if the person you're with is will allow you the space for this is in that five minutes you're suggesting is you you say your piece or your partner does, and then have the other person respond. Not sorry, not respond, but say back to you their interpretation of what's just happened. So if you're saying X, Y, and Z. They're saying back to you, my understanding of what you said is X, Y, and Z. But they might be saying, my understanding is A, B, C. It doesn't match up at all. So then it gives mm -hmm. you a chance maybe to explain yourself once more if they haven't heard you or perceived and, and clarify. And, and and again, being you know calm and quiet mm -hmm. and, and have those conversations with a check-in to see if you've actually been heard. Not an accusation or whatever, but I love that. I like that. Good skill to add to it. That's actually yeah. a good skill. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard work, and I, I do want to validate this isn't easy, especially when we've felt for many years that we've been under attack. If we've been in situations where we are um, feeling victimized or traumatized or anything like that, please just know that this is not easy. This um, just immediately switching into kind of therapy speak and having these conversations is not always easy, and you don't always have a, a willing participant either. But really checking in with yourself and being compassionate for yourself first and staying aware, really check in with your mind, check in with your body, check in with your heart. What place are you coming from in this conversation? Is it fight or flight on the attack, protecting mm -hmm. myself, or is it stepping into, as Jessica said, a place of compassion and really trying to understand at least that there are two sides to every story that, you know, yeah. whether or not you're right might not be the goal. Right. It's really about getting to a place where confrontation doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you all enjoyed listening today. That conversation was just absolutely incredible. I feel like the energy just was so good in this room. Thank you so much, ladies. 
Um, and thank you out there so much for listening. Connections, thank you to our sponsor, Nude Beverages. And if you are still with us and have hung in till the end of this cast, you are, of course, officially connected. Please head on over to unapologeticconnections.com and read more about us. Put some faces to names as we've established on a past podcast. Not names to faces, faces to names. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us an honest review. Our agency stands for a lot of things, but most of all, real truth and real connection. So thank you for speaking up and connecting with us. Until next week. Thank you, ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.